Great day to you and welcome to today's online worship experience. Listen, I want to start off by giving a special shout out and a warm welcome to our Victory Midtown family. Listen, all of you out there, Kendra and I absolutely miss you so much. You can't even fathom how much we miss you. And we also want to welcome all of our new friends from all over the nation, all over the world and different parts of the city. Listen, I am glad that today I get the opportunity to speak to you and I want to thank you for welcoming us into your home today because we believe today's message is actually going to be something that is incredibly critical to what we need to walk in in our lives today. So much so that I believe that if we can grab this message today and apply what I'm going to talk about, not only will it transform you for what you're going to walk in today, but it will transform you for the rest of your lives. Now, I know you might be saying, well, you're a little hype. You know, that's a big statement. Let me explain. Most of us have been relegated to spending a lot more time in our homes for the past 11 weeks or so. And while we've been in quarantine, we've been kind of searching out some things. And there are some interesting trends that are happening and taking place while we're in quarantine. What is one of those trends? One of those trends, there are a lot more home renovations taking place right now. As I was looking at some things, places like Ace Hardware, Home Depot, Lowe's, they are saying that their sales are up. The reason why their sales are up is because people now have a lot more time to take advantage and take care of things that they've been putting off for a long time. This is why we are calling this series Renovation, because as you have been at home and as you've been in this time of quarantine, I believe if you're, if you're like me, you've been able to see some things that you need to pay attention to. You've been able to see some things that now, since you've been able to slow down enough to actually face them, you can give them your attention. And because we're in what Pastor Johnson called this great pause, we have an opportunity to pause to make sure that we are better on the other side of this. Now, today we're going to be talking as we end this series, talking about a place of renovation in your homes that many of us would say needs a lot of purging, needs some organizing. It's that place in your home where even when you're giving people a tour, you'll take them to to the room over here. You'll take them to the living room, to the dining room, to the kitchen. But this one room right here, you probably leave out. It's your closet. We're going to be talking about renovating our closet, which today will symbolically represent where we stuff our emotions. Yeah, I'm going to pause right there for a minute because that's a big one. Even as I was preparing for this message and myself, Pastor Randy and Pastor Johnson, we were preparing for this. What we found is that there was some spiritual warfare getting ready for this week. Because what we do realize in this time of quarantine, a lot of people are able to look at themselves in a way that they have not been able to look at themselves in a long time. And this message and more so the receiving and the application of this message can literally be a game changer. Why? Because how you deal with your emotions can either make you or break you. Let me tell you why. I'm going to talk a little bit about this thing called EQ. See, EQ is something that a lot more people are actually getting aware of. Many people know about IQ, your intellectual quotient. And it's very good to have a high intellectual quotient. But let me tell you something. Studies have shown that an individual will actually plateau in life at the level of their emotional stability. So EQ is actually your emotional quotient. And while IQ is important, how you handle your emotions determines a lot. I want to say it like this. IQ plus EQ equals success. Not just IQ alone, because if you're like me, you know some very smart people who can't handle their emotions. You know some very brilliant people that you don't know which person is going to show up when you actually meet them. 
So when we're talking about this today, I want you just to kind of lean into this. You know what I'm talking about. I don't want you to rush past this. As a matter of fact, if you know somebody even right now that needs to hear this message, go ahead and text them right now. Share this if you're watching on Facebook. However you're watching, share it with somebody. Because if all of us can get in touch with our emotions, we will all be better because we're interacting with each other. Now, I don't know about you, but I myself, yes, the pastor, and many people, even in my small group and some of the friends that I've been talking to, we have been experiencing a newfound battle and tension in the area of our emotions. Why is that? Because a lot of us are getting a lot of bad news. Every time you turn on the news, I don't care what side of the fence you sit on, there's a lot of bad news coming. Even the things that we are restricted from even being back together in a physical gathering, that's a restriction. That's bad news for a lot of us. And we pray that real soon we'll be able to gather back together. That bad news may be that you don't know what reports to believe. You don't know whether to stay in or to go out. You don't know whether to wear a mask or to not wear a mask. Single people, you might be feeling alone while some married people wish their spouse would leave them alone. Yeah, you don't know. Your your, your wedding might have been rescheduled. Your family planning might have been halted. Your graduation plans may have been canceled and many other things. I don't know your situation. But for me, I've been having a hard time with my emotions. I'm spending a little time on this because sometimes we feel people on a platform that we, don't, we are actually exempt from dealing with these type of things. But what I'm here to tell you today is if you can lean into this message, if you cannot watch this message casually, but you can really dig in, I believe some healing is going to take place today. See, we are hearing so many things going on in our lives. In the Bible, yes, it tells, especially for my biblical scholars out there, you know, Romans 10, 17, it says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But let me stop, stop at the A clause for a second. Faith comes by hearing. And depending on what you're actually hearing depends on what's going on in your heart. And what I'm here to say today is that we have to make sure that we, one, control what we're hearing, but we also need to get in touch with our emotional side. Yeah, I said it. Get in touch with your emotional side. Now, some of y'all are like, man, you're this little, you know, big guy, muscular guy. You're talking about get in touch with my emotional side? Yes. While I was preparing this message, I saw pictures of men that have been locked up, that have been bound because they have not been able to be in touch with their emotions. I saw women who said, okay, I'm going to go get her. I'm trying to go do this. That have not been in touch with their emotions because it has been told to them that their emotions might be a sign of weakness. But I want to let you know that these emotional tensions can get the best of you. They can get you to act out of character, even when you think you're your best self. Let me tell you something. Listen, I'm, I'm so serious about this. The tensions in my house have been something where Kendra and I, we don't even argue. We have rigorous discussions, but we don't argue. But the other day we had an argument about a haircut. Yeah, a haircut. Now, yours might not be a haircut. Yours might be, well, she loads the dishwasher a little different than me. She sweeps the floor a little different than me. He doesn't fold the clothes like I want him to do. And now, because we're in close proximity and we're getting the time to face ourselves, the little things that usually wouldn't matter are starting to bother us. So let me start off by reading a scripture that shows us why it's so important to renovate our emotions. 
See, I love this version of the, of the scripture. I found this as I was doing some research. It's the Aramaic Bible and it's Romans 12 and two. Many of you have heard this before. Uh, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. But let me read it like this. It says this, and do not imitate this world, but be transformed by the what? Yeah, the renovation of your minds. And you shall distinguish what is the good, acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, if you're honest, and I want you to be honest right now, this is a time for honesty. It can be a little bit tough to distinguish what is good from what is bad, what's acceptable from what should change, and what is God, and what's just me. What's going on with me? What are the things that, no, I'm not trying to be over-spiritual right now, but I'm just having a hard time. And as many of you have heard me say over the last several weeks, the Lord has been dealing with me since the quarantine started of who are you going to become on the side of this? Who are you becoming as you go through this time of reframing and reshaping? And one of my prayers, as I minister this word today, my prayer for me and my prayer for you is that during this time, we will use it to become emotionally healthy people. I'm gonna say that one more time. Emotionally healthy people people. When we look at what an emotion is, what we see is that it's important for us to have a healthy handle on them. Let me give you the definition of an emotion. I don't want to take anything for granted. An emotion is a natural, instinctive state of mind deriving from one's circumstances, mood, yeah, big mood, or relationships with others. In other words, it's not consistent. It's always in flux. It's fickle. They are based on things that you can't actually control because they're constantly in change. But here I want to let you know this. It has been said that there are actually five basic emotions. And the five basic human emotions are these. Joy, fear, sadness, disgust, and anger. Joy, fear, sadness, disgust, and anger. And for many of you, if you're like me, you'll go through the course of all five of these emotions in about an hour. Especially by that third Zoom call of the day, all of us working from home, you don't know where you are. You don't know how to grab your emotions. And the challenge that we face is that for a lot of us, we've been stuffing and hiding, stuffing and hiding, stuffing and hiding our emotions. And if an emoji could actually represent how we feel, we would actually be leading, walking around like this. If an emoji was the way you walked around, you would be saying, yes, I'm blessed and highly favored. Yes, I'm walking in the joy of the Lord. Yes, there are no problems in my life. Yes, I'm starry-eyed. I'm so excited to be sitting at home all day on a million Zoom calls. But if we were honest... And if we were really be transparent, most of us actually feel like this. We feel like we can't control our emotions. We feel like we don't know what the security of my job is going to look like. We feel like because we're getting intention at home and we don't understand how to really talk to each other, that now my husband is actually getting on my nerves. My wife is getting on my nerves. I'm crying at night, staying up late at night because I'm scared that I'm going to get the coronavirus. My, my boss said that we're getting ready to go back to work and I'm really not ready to go back to work. Lord, do you even hear me? Does it even matter? Do you even see me? But what I'm here to tell you today is that you don't have to operate as an emoji. 
You don't have to hide how you feel. You can actually be fully who God called you to be. Because here's the thing. I believe many of us have what I would like to call emotional conflict of interest. What does that mean? Yeah, that's something I made up. It means that we feel something, but we don't really want to show it. And maybe we actually feel like we shouldn't feel emotions at all. Maybe it's because no one has ever told you what I'm getting ready to tell you today. Because I want to give you some affirmations. I want to give you four affirmations because if you don't remember anything else I say today, I want you to write these things down because you're going to, be need, you're going to need to be reminded of these things when things are going up and when things are going down. So the first affirmation I want to give you is this. This is a revelation for somebody. Watch this. It says, it is absolutely okay to feel what you feel. Let me, let me slow that down, play it back and reverse it and bring it back to you. It is absolutely okay to feel what you feel. As a matter of fact, as your pastor, I want to give you permission to feel the fear, to feel the sadness, to feel the disgust, to feel the anger, and yes, to feel the joy, but you always don't feel joyous. And the fact is, there are too many people faking it until they make it, and we don't notice it until they get to a point where it's evident that they can't take it. Y'all didn't hear what I said because somebody needs to hear that. We've been faking it until we make it, and then people don't notice it until it's too late, and now we see that we can't take it. That's when suicide happens. That's when we get into bad habits. That's when we actually start pulling away from the things and the disciplines of the Lord because we just feel like we're out here by ourselves. But I'm here to tell you, you're not out here by yourself. I'm telling you that it's okay to feel what you feel. Affirmation number two, let me give you this. It says this, God wants an emotional relationship with you that is full of feelings. Right there, wherever you are, do this, full of feelings. Come on, get with me. Don't just watch me, be a participator, full of feelings. See, he wants a relationship with you that is full of feelings. Now you might be saying, okay, you're making stuff up. Nope. I'm not making stuff up. The first commandment God gave us is that he wants us to be full of feelings. Let me show it to you. In Mark chapter 12, verse 30, it says this. Watch this. It says, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. I'm getting happy just talking about it. With all your strength. This is the first commandment. I don't know about you. But that seems pretty emotional to me. It seems like God is okay with our emotions and we have to embrace it and know it and know how to operate in them. Let's go to affirmation number three. As I was writing this down, I wanted you to hear this very clearly. It says, you are not your emotions, but your emotions are very valid. You are not your emotions, but your emotions are extremely valid. And watch this, it's okay and it's necessary for you to feel them. It's not only okay, but it's necessary for you to process your emotions. And if there's a challenge that most people face, it's that emotions have actually forgotten their job description. What are you talking about, Mo? Your emotions think that they are the boss of you rather than working for you. Your emotions are supposed to work for you, not vice versa. And while it's okay to feel what you feel, our emotions are meant to report to us, not dictate who you are. 
Let me say it like this. This is something that we talk about in our forward classes. When we talk about the appetite for the eternal, I guarantee if you get this in your spirit, you will learn so much as you walk through life. It says this, our emotions are great gauges, but they're terrible guides. Our emotions, they're great gauges, but they're terrible guides. Because here's the thing, emotions are actually to be indicators, not moderators. See, if you allow your your emotions to moderate and shift you in and out, you'll always be topsy-turvy. You'll always be in and out. You'll always be inconsistent. But the fact remains is that too many of us, watch this, too many of us have allowed what we feel to take us off course instead of inviting God into why we feel what we feel. And that leads me to this fourth affirmation. And I need you to lean in on this one, Midtown. You know, it's been about eight weeks since I preached. So I got a few lean-ins in me today. Lean in. Come on. Yeah, you all over there in the back, on the side of the couch, call the person out the bathroom, tell them they need to get this. Lean in. Come on, lean in. All right, here it is. The last affirmation. The presence of your real feelings does not equate to false faith. I could run on that one. I might want to jump off this platform right now. Hear this, the presence of your real feelings, your genuine feelings, no filter feelings, do not equate to false faith. What do I mean by that? A lot of times, especially in the church, let me break something down. People have looked at you and because you were emotional, they said you didn't have enough faith. They've looked at you and because you got a little sad about something when when a loved one died, they said you didn't have enough faith. Yes, it's to be absent with the body, it's to be present with the Lord, but you need to mourn. You need to feel it. That does not mean that you don't have faith. What it means is that it is actually an acknowledgement of your emotions and your feelings. And this becomes an invitation for intimacy with God. An invitation where he can now come into your life and start to guide you to start to shift you through what's going on, where he can actually start to reveal some things to you and lead you through life. See, here it is. You are actually saying to God when you invite him into your emotions that I can't process process this by myself, that I don't have enough strength, that I'm not enough powerful enough, that in my own feelings, I would actually just go lay down and die. But what we are saying with all of this is that God, I need your help. I need somebody to say that right there to me. I know I can't hear you, but I can hear you in the spirit. Say it with me. God, I need your help. God, I need your help to process through my emotions in a healthy way. Let me show you something. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 6 and 7, it says this. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. Set aside self-righteousness and pride. You know what pride is? Pride is saying that I got this. Pride is saying that I don't need any help. Pride is saying that it doesn't matter that I'm upset or that I'm mad, or it doesn't even matter that I'm crying about this. But it goes on to say, so that he may exalt you to a place of honor in his service at the appropriate time, casting all your cares, watch this, all your anxieties, all your worries, and all your concerns once and for all on him, not on you, on him. For he cares about you with the deepest affection and watches over you very carefully. See, when I'm reading that, I'm preaching to myself right now because I need to know sometimes that God cares for me with a deep affection. And I want to slow this down for a second. I want you to take a pause. I want you to think about this. Did you know that God really cares for you? 
Did you know that he really cares how you feel? Did you know that with the deepest affection, God is really concerned about how you're processing? And the more you acknowledge your feelings, humble yourself and present your feelings to God, the more intimate your relationship with him becomes. See, let me let you in on a little secret, a little most secret. Here it is. I sense God the most when I'm the most vulnerable with him. Yeah, I sense God the most when I'm really telling him how I feel. See, he knows it anyway. But what that does, that relationship grows when I'm able to say, God, I don't know why I'm walking around this house grumpy. God, I don't know why I'm upset about this. God, I'm happy right now and I'm glad that I'm happy. But what we can't do is stuff our emotions thinking God doesn't care because that is the ploy of the enemy. Let me show you this. There's a book called Waking the Dead. And John Eldridge, he says it like this. The enemy's plan from the beginning was to assault the heart. Emotions to assault the heart. To make them so busy, them as you, to make them so busy that they ignore the heart. Wound them so deeply that they don't want a heart. Twist their theology so that they despise the heart. Take away their courage, destroy their creativity, and make intimacy with God impossible for them. See, this is why we have to cast our cares upon the Lord, because he cares for us. We have to open ourselves up to slow down enough to say, I am not that strong or I am not that weak, but I actually feel how I feel and it's okay. So when it comes to renovating anything, let alone, you know, your emotions, there's a rule of thumb. There's a rule of thumb and it's called this. You must deconstruct before you construct. You must break down before you build up. And here recently, Kendra and I, we renovated our closet. And what we had to do as we were looking at how we wanted our closet to be set up, we had to break some things down. We had to bring the current structure down in order to construct a new structure that would be more beneficial for us. Let me say it like this. To deconstruct your emotions means that you have to break down the false narrative of your emotions. But to construct, you have to gain a healthy and purposeful feel on your emotions. And I want to highlight two things about emotions because some of us don't hear these things. Again, I know I'm kind of giving us some information because I want us to be able to walk this thing out and not just to feel it with our feelings, all right? Number one, when we talk about emotions, what do they do? Emotions enable us to connect to God, our own hearts and others. They are actually what is called a bridge. Our emotions allow us to know and have feeling with what's going on around us. And number two, emotions reveal the truth about what we believe about God, ourselves, and the world around us. They're a measure to see how we're actually doing with that. How are we doing with the ups and downs of life and things that are going on? So here it is. You might be asking the question, you're, you're talking all this stuff about emotions and they're good for you, but how do I get healthy, healthy emotions on the inside of me? How do I become to get into my closet, to renovate my closet and get rid of those emotional clothes that I've been wearing from seven seasons ago? You know those people that they show up and they're still acting like they did 10 years ago. They're still acting like that thing that happened to them. And what we want to do is while we want to validate how you feel, we don't want to get stuck in how you feel. 
So let's move through this. Now that we understand that it's not wrong to feel what you feel, we do have to understand that the feelings that you have is not where you need to live. You can't just stay there. We can't just be simply emotionally driven. Now, I don't want to just acknowledge our feelings. I want our feelings to begin to serve us so that we can move forward. So here it is. There are three things that I want to give you today to help us process our emotions, along with three questions that I want to pose that are going to play a purpose as we get a little bit deeper in this message. The first thing that I want us to do when we, get, we need to get healthy emotions is we have to name it. We have to name it. What we have to do is name our emotions. What do I mean? There are things going on in your life that you just think are vague. You just think that they're out there. But what I'm here to tell you is this. You cannot change what you cannot name. You cannot change what you cannot identify. You can't address a vague thing in your life. Let me give you an example. Many of you may know the story of the demon-possessed man in Mark chapter five. It talks about in that verse, and I'm gonna read the, the key verse, but it talks about before this, that there was a man that people were trying to bind him up. People were trying to get control and see what was going on. But Jesus came on the scene and he did something very important. The Bible says, for Jesus, he said to him, to this man, come out of the man, unclean spirit, then he asked him, what is your name? What is your name? And he answered saying, my name is Legion, for we are many. See, the Bible says that this man would actually cut himself with stones. And what I believe as I was reading that, I saw figuratively a, a, a stone that was like your emotion a stone that was sadness, a stone that was depression, a stone that was, uh, was happiness, but you didn't know how to handle happiness and you didn't even think you were worth being happy. There were stones that you started to cut yourself with. How many emotions have you allowed to cut you down versus build you up? And Jesus naming the problem was one of the means that he used to take authority over this wild, unhinged, unpredictable, turned up evil energy and even the emotion that was actually present there. See, naming connotes the authority that we have been given by God. We have to take authority and know that all things are under our submission because we are kingdom kids, because we are kingdom sons and daughters. And when it comes to unproductive or negative emotions, what we have to do is first identify that I want to nullify this. See, you can't identify something and just let it stay out there. If you want to nullify it, if you want to make it invalid or ineffective, you have to say, I want to make sure that I'm changing in this area. See, naming also means that you have to start exploring your emotions. Yeah, I'm getting a little bit in your business. You have to get in touch with your emotional side. You can't be afraid of looking at how you feel and you have to start to ask yourself some questions. The question first, it might be, what am I feeling? And what am I feeling about what I'm feeling? Sometimes you have to talk about being afraid to actually acknowledge that you're afraid. See, for me, I was afraid of talking to people out in public. I know you can't tell right now because I'm hyped right now. I'm really enjoying this time with you, but I'm really a natural introvert. And the emotion of fear was actually what was present in me when I would actually cower back, when I wouldn't take certain advantages, when, when I knew God was calling me to do something, but I felt that I couldn't do it as well as somebody else. See, what was really happening is that fear was that emotion that I was feeling, 
But underneath it, I started to ask myself, why am I feeling this? And it was really an issue of self-worth. It was really that I didn't think I was good enough. It was really that I was comparing myself by other people, not seeing how God fearfully and wonderfully made me, that he had a people that were designed to be in fellowship with me and walk a journey with me. And then when I got that, I said, oh, I don't have to be afraid anymore. I can stand because I'm now validated in God. Let me say it like this. If I ask my emotion a question, if I ask my emotion what is, what is his name, what would your emotion say? What name would your emotion give back to you? And here's the thing. As I said, you can't manage a vague emotion. You have to make sure that you identify it and that you have to first start by saying, I'm feeling this way. See, when you name an emotion, you are able to separate what you are feeling from what you actually are. I'm gonna say that one more time. When you're able to name an emotion, you're able to actually separate what I'm feeling from what I, what, who I actually am. Let me say it like this. Many people say, well, I'm feeling angry. So you need to shift from saying I'm angry to I'm feeling angry. From I'm afraid to I'm feeling afraid. Because here's the thing, like I said it before, you are not your emotions. While your emotions are valid, you are not your emotions. They're there to serve you. So when we name it, we take the cover off to truly deal with it and make sure that we prosper through it. And we must name it so that we can begin to change it, which reveals something so that God can heal something. Can I say that one more time? God is waiting on you to open it up, to reveal something so that he can heal something in you that has been negatively affecting you. Because here's the thing, our emotions are really trying to tell us something, but what are they trying to tell us? Let me give you this. Our emotions, based on what Dr. Dan Allender says, our every emotion, though horizontally provoked, nevertheless reflects something about the vertical dimension of our relationship with God. Your emotions are just cues telling you how you're doing with your relationship with God. Simply put, our emotions reveal what we actually believe about God and about his promises. And that takes me to the second thing that I want to give you as a tool to actually walk through your emotions in a healthy way. Number two, we have to face it. We have to face our emotions. See, we don't often face the issue, which actually prolongs us getting a solution. Watch this, hear this, I want you to get this. The longer we take to face it, the longer it takes to fix it. The longer we take to face it, the longer it takes to fix it. You can just keep brushing something away. You can keep stuffing it in a closet. You know how you wear that one thing and it's your favorite jacket? You can keep just putting it in the closet, not dealing with it. But sooner or later, you have to wash those pants. Sooner or later, those jeans are going to be standing up if you don't actually face the fact that you need to wash them. And oftentimes, the reason we don't face things is because of fear, false evidence appearing real. And it's like getting on the scale in quarantine. See, I've gained some quarantine pounds over these last several weeks. But until I get on the scale, I won't be able to face the current reality of how much creative cardio I need to do in my home. And once you face it, what you do is now you can begin to work on it. 
Once you face it, now you can actually say, okay, I, I know what kind of abs I need to do. I know what kind of push-ups I need to do. I know how I need to go take this run because now I'm able to identify what my goal is. See, here's the thing. A lot of our emotions are actually rooted in some type of fear. Fear of failure, fear of not being accepted, fear of missing out on things in this season, fear of getting sick from the coronavirus or any other thing that's coming out right now. But again, until we name it and then face it, we won't be able to fix it. Hear me, Victory. If we don't slow down, to actually face some things, they will always be there in our lives. And fear will actually hold us down because here's a principle I wanna give you. Fear doesn't stop death, it stops life. Worry doesn't take away tomorrow's troubles, it takes away today's peace. But when you face it, you can go ahead and work on fixing it. When you face it, you can now move forward and say, I'm not going to be bound by this emotion that is trying to take me down. See, you have to be willing to turn towards the thing that looked like it was going to hurt you to discover it doesn't have power over you. That was good for me by myself. See, you have to be willing to turn towards the thing that thought it was going to hurt you to actually realize, listen, you don't have any power over me. I might be feeling this way, but I'm not going to be dictated by how I feel. And the reality is there are even stories in the Bible. Let me show you something. In the book of Numbers, chapter 21, a really strange story actually takes place. See, the Hebrew people, they were complaining against God. That wasn't really new. They were doing that a lot. But what was strange is that snakes started to break out. Snakes started to break out in the camp and they started biting people and killing people. I don't like snakes. Don't bring a snake around me. I will just probably jump on top of a car. But snakes were coming out and they were dealing with people. They were killing people. They were biting people. And then the people, they repented of their complaining. And this is what God told Moses. Listen, he told Moses something very interesting. He said, Moses, make a snake and put it up on a pole. And anyone who is bitten can do what? Look, talk back to me, Victory. They can do what? They can look at it and live. That's a little different. You mean to tell me that I can intentionally go and look at something that's been trying to kill me? I'm not trying to do that. I'm trying to stay as far away from that snake as possible. But what the principle was in that is that to be healed, come on somebody, to be healed, you have to be willing to look at the very thing that was poisoning you. Some of us, we need to take some time today after we finish listening to this message and start to look back in our minds and say, what has been holding me back? I'm going to turn towards it. I'm going to look at it and face it right there in the eye because it does not have power over me. So here's the next question that I have for you. With our emotions, ask your emotions this question. Why are you here? If I ask my emotions why it was here, what would they say? And here's another thing you have to do with that. You have to begin to challenge your emotions. Don't just take it in that this is who you are. Ask yourself, are you here because there's something that you're trying to teach me? Are you here because there is something that is still unprocessed in me that God wants to use me and he doesn't want this emotion to actually be a hang up that when I get to this certain point, my character won't be able to keep me to that point? We have to face it and feel what you actually feel so that you can heal. One of my greatest angst, one of my greatest disappointments 
is when I see talented people, when I see gifted people, when I see great uh, anointed people that have not dealt with their emotions. Because what will happen is that when people see you coming, they may tolerate you, but they won't celebrate you. They'll see you coming and say, oh, there goes Mr. Booger Bear. Oh, oh there goes Miss Attitude. Oh, you know, I don't know which person I'm going to get to show up. We just need to get this done today. So we're going to actually exclude them from the situation. I don't want that to be you, which is why we are talking about all these things. And then I want to give you this third thing that you have to do that I want to implore you to do to really get in touch and actually process your emotions in a great way. Listen, here's the last thing. We have to invite God into it. We have to invite God into our emotions. We have to be willing to invite God into our emotions and see what would you say? What would you do, God? How do you invite God into your, into your emotions? Let me give you two, two easy ways. Number one, through worship. We had great worship at the beginning of this service. You have great worship available to you uh, that you can actually enter into the presence of God through things on your Apple iTunes or your Spotify or whatever it is. Victory World Music right here at our church produces great music to usher us into the presence of the Lord. This is so important because in worship, that's where we invite God to dwell, not only with us, but in us. We invite God to dwell in us. I love this scripture, Psalms chapter 22, verse three, it says this, listen, but you are holy. Oh, you who dwell in the holy place where the praises of Israel are offered. See, many of us have heard that scripture in a different way where it says God inhabits the praises of his people. He comes in and he lives with the people who praise him. Right now, we need to be able to turn that switch on and say, God, I know I'm feeling how I'm feeling, but I want to invite you into this situation. So I'm going to turn on some music. I'm going to speak some uh, scriptures over my life. I'm going to lift my hands. I'm going to bow down on my knees and I'm going to say, Lord, I need you to be dwelling inside of me. I can't take these emotions anymore. I can't take this anxiety anymore. I'm worried about if I will have a job in two months. I'm worried about if my house is going to be foreclosed on. I'm worrying about if my kids are going to have something to eat. I'm worried, God. And what I believe is that if you can invite God into your situation, if you can invite God into your circumstance, if you can invite God into you, not just around you, but into you, he will do what the Bible says. You will be able to trade off the garment of heaviness and put on a spirit and a garment of praise. Come on, somebody. You will be able to take off that heavy thing that's been holding you down and you'll be able to put on the spirit of God and walk in it with victory and with authority. And the last simple thing that I want to share with you of how we actually invite God into our situations is that we have to yield. We have to yield to who? Jesus. Don't yield to your emotions. Don't yield to your circumstance. Yield to Jesus, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the one who has not been uh, uh, omitted from the feelings of your infirmities. Jesus cares. That's why this is one of the shortest scriptures in the Bible, but the most powerful is that Jesus wept because he wants you to know that he is right there, that he feels you, that he, that he is really in there with you, that you're not by yourself. So as you know this, I want us to know that we yield to Jesus by praying and saying, God, 
I'm laying down my emotions at the cross. God, I need you to lead me so that I'm not led by my emotions. And what happens when we yield to Jesus? There's something special that happens and it's found right here in Galatians. In Galatians 5, verse 22, it says this, God's spirit makes us loving, happy, peaceful, patient, kind, good, faithful, gentle, and self-control. Let me pause right there. Those are some good emotions. That's the way that I want to feel. There, are, there is no law against behaving in any of these ways. And because we belong to Christ Jesus, we have killed our selfish feelings and desires. We've killed those negative emotions that have tried to derail you. We've killed those desires that try to tell you to commit suicide. Those desires that say that you're not enough. Those desires that say that Jesus, that God does not care. Because God's spirit has given us life. And so we should follow the spirit. Did you hear that? Did you, did you really hear that? Because when we belong to Christ, what we have done right there, it says it, we have killed our selfish feelings and desires. So the third and final question that I wanna give you as an interrogation for yourself is if I ask God into my emotions, what would he do? If I invited God into my life, into my emotions, what would he actually do? Let me tell you what he would do. He wants to comfort you and he will. He wants you to put to death the destruction and the pain. And he wants to let himself in so that you can allow him to live with you and give you comfort and peace. So with everything I just said today, with all of those things that we're talking about, the validation of our emotions, there are two important moments that I want to lead you into as we close. Now, I want to encourage you, don't leave yet. As a matter of fact, this is the place where you really need to lean in. Number one, some of you, as you've been listening to this message, you don't even know how you got on the stream today, but somebody sent this to you. Some of you need to invite God into your heart and into your emotions for the very first time. And I wanna have the privilege of actually inviting you on this journey of redemption and on this journey where God gives you freely salvation. So if that's you right now, what I want you to do is I want you to pray this prayer with me. Let's pray, God, thank you for giving me emotions. I realize that you gave those emotions to me, but you don't want them to guide me. I want Jesus to guide me and to change me. So today I submit my life to you and I repent of my sins and I confess Jesus as Lord of my life and I want to live for you. If you just prayed that prayer with me, I wanna let you know that God is so excited, just like I'm so excited but he is so ready to allow you to now have your emotions, your mind, your processes renovated as you live a new life with him. And that second thing that I talked about, this, this second and last moment that's for everybody to take part in. There are others of you that you need to invite Jesus in because you want God, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, to put to death some old destructive emotions and replace them with the attributes, qualities, and the emotions that God's Spirit brings that we just talked about in Galatians. The way that we're gonna do that in this moment 
is there is a ritual from the Jewish custom. It's called a sitting shiva. And what the Jews would do is when something died, we just talked about putting to death some old things. What the Jews would do is when somebody passed away, they would take intentional time to make sure they mourn and they reflect and let God into their situation. What they would do is they would light a candle. They would light a candle that represents God, I'm inviting you into this situation. God, I'm inviting you into this moment so that I can now hear from you and not stuff my emotions, but actually really feel my emotions. And as we take this moment, I wanna invite you to this opportunity to really invite God into the moment of your life. Because some of us have been allowing our emotions to, to really control us for so long that now that we're putting to death those emotions, we're gonna have some mourning. And in this time of mourning, we're gonna worship together, but we're also gonna make sure that we ask some questions for reflection. We're gonna ask some questions. We're gonna say, number one, what is the predominant feeling and emotion that I'm feeling right now? Number two, why is this emotion or feeling so strong in my life? And number three, we're gonna ask, Holy Spirit, what do you say about this emotion? I wanna pray for you. And then we're gonna invite God into this moment as we worship together. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that we are not our emotions, but we also thank you that you gave us emotions so that we can feel you and know you. Lord, we invite you into this time. We invite you to be the light of our lives and to show us some areas that you wanna shift and that you wanna change. In Jesus' name, amen.